All right. Well, are you ready to get into the word? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for your written word, your spoken word. We thank you that, Lord, your word is so powerful. It's quick and powerful. And tonight that it will quicken us. It will make us alive. And it will bring power into our lives and strength. We thank you, Lord, everyone hearing tonight will have ears to hear what the Spirit of God saying. Minds open and hearts receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I'm going to talk about the seven areas of praying for your local church. And we have been doing this in our church. And um, I feel like... I think I've even taught on this before, but I feel like it's a good review, especially for the first part of the year, so that we can all kind of get back on the same page um, if we've strayed from from some of this. And, of course, you know, prayer is, I believe, uh, uh, something that always needs to be led by the Spirit. So I don't always go by prayer manuals or prayer books or you know, something written out all the time. It blesses me to read those things, and sometimes I'll take excerpts from those things and pray them. But I'm more of of a person who really likes just to pray and let the Lord lead me in prayer. However, I think it's good to have directives so that you know the direction you're going at least. (laughs) And, And, of course, I prayed about these directives, so I believe they're Spirit-led in themselves, but even within these seven directives, you can go so many directions inside each category that uh, you could pray, oh, hours and hours and hours just on seven things. Now, we usually don't. We usually pray about 15, 20 minutes and, you know, we we go about our business. But, um, you know, I'm asking you, and of course, Pastor David said the other day, he thought we should have more prayer and we can do that at home, too. So you can take these seven areas and just glance over them and pray them in the morning, maybe during your devotion time, to pray for your local church. And those of you listening, you can take take these to heart and pray for your local church as well. So um, the first directive, and there's seven of them, the first one is for attendance, for the attendance. And I know that sounds real common, you know. <laughs> Not very spiritual, but it is spiritual because God wants people to be a part of a local church. Amen. He wants people to come to church and to not just serve and uh, be a blessing and, and be, you know, and love others, but to be blessed themselves and to be served themselves and to gain uh, what, what the King James calls what the supply that every joint brings. Because the Bible says every joint supplies. That means every person joining together, there's a supply there. And it's really an amazing thing. We've seen it. I know y'all have seen it because many of you have been in church for years and served. So you know, uh, the power of that. But um, just, you know, just an example, and I've used this before, but it bears repeating. There was a lady that uh, drove by our church one time and saw the sign. And uh, the Lord said, you need to go to that church. And so she came and, you know, 
we probably had everything against us. We didn't have a pretty church building at that time. I was the pastor, a woman pastor, strike two. You know? And then she was uh, African-American and I'm white, you know, so strike three, maybe. I don't know. But the Lord told her, go to this church. And so she did. And she was so faithful. Um, and she would come every service. And just such a blessing to everybody, and everybody loved her dearly. So her mother uh, got ill in Birmingham, and she needed to move up there. And uh, the Lord told my mother, who had a house in Birmingham, to give her that house. And so she she did. She gave her this house in Birmingham. And, of course, you know, uh, her name was Barbara. Barbara just, you know, was crying and saying, I didn't know where I was going to live or what I was going to do, you know. And so, uh, that connection brought provision for her. Now, who knew, who knew that would even happen? I mean, she was at our church for over a year, maybe two years. And then, you know, all of a sudden she needs a home and she, there's a home supplied for her. So praise God. Isn't God good? Well, I don't think that would have happened necessarily if she hadn't obeyed the Lord, come to a church where she knew the Lord was leading her to come, regardless of, you know, what we looked like and what we were and who I was as, you know, female and all the other things that are a little different. She came and got full of the Holy Ghost, full of the word, and then a supply, amen, came to her. Praise the Lord. So uh, it is very important to attend church for many, many, many reasons. And I believe one of them is the connections that you make, the spiritual connections and just the friendships. You know, people are herd, herd animals. <laughs> we don't do so well isolated. We really need each other. And God made us that way. He made us for fellowship. And in the book of Acts, you see all the miracles, you see all the prayer times, you see the moving of the Spirit, angels just doing amazing things. But you also see them breaking bread together and fellowshipping and talking and, you know, being together. And so it strengthens our hearts and our lives. So in all of that, we need to pray that people will come to church. Amen. Now, in praying for others, I have found it's better to pray God's will and not just your will. In other words, I wouldn't pick somebody out in my life and say, they need to be in our church, <laughs> you know, necessarily. I mean, I might invite them, but I wouldn't pray that because it might not be God's will for them to be in our church. It could be another church they need to be in. And so I'm very careful not to pray prayers about people that I think what they need. And, you know, in, you know, spiritual world, God knows what they need. So the best prayer is God in, you know, you, you send whom you will. You send the people that you raise this church up for. And we call them from the north, the south, the east and the west. Acts chapter two and verse 47. If you want to turn there or if you just want to look up on the screen. The Bible says they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, that's a good prayer to pray right there. Take the words of the book of Acts and say, Lord, we see where you added right here to the church daily. 
Now that's awesome, isn't it? But you see the the answer to that those prayers in the book of Acts because you know there was just what 120 on the day of Pentecost and then you know a thousand got saved and I think then later there was three thousand five thousand and then it just said multitudes it couldn't they couldn't even count them anymore multitudes so uh, praise God I believe we can believe God to add to the church. And add the people that he knows uh, need to be here. Amen. And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it shocks me who comes to church and who doesn't. People that I think would come, you know, and just be such a part and just, and then they don't. And then ones that I thought they wouldn't ever be interested in church come and join and just become a 40 year member, you know, of a church. And you think, wow. So uh, it's not up to us to call who's who, but God will call them. And um, I believe we have not because we ask not. So let's ask for souls to be saved. Let's ask for people to be added to the church and, uh, you know, and pray that uh, they, they come in. Isaiah 43, 6 says, say to the north, give up and to the south, let, let go. And so. You know, many times people, for some reason or another, are bound. Uh, maybe they're frightened to come to church, you know, fear, or maybe they had a bad experience in the past. So many times when I'm praying for the attendance and for people to be added to the church, I'll bind the devil off of them. You know, fear has to go and uh, intimidation or, uh, you know, that kind of thing um, because of what might have happened to them or, you know, just walking into a new place is very, and if if you haven't done that lately, you know, sometimes just go to a new gym or go to, you know, a new, you know, I don't know, you play bridge or whatever. You know, you go to a new place with new people and you feel a little weird. And so it takes a lot. Amen. And the devil's right there saying, no, you don't need to go. Don't go. You know, I remember uh, my mother wanted us to go to a spirit-filled church, Mount Perrin Church of God. We used we would go to the Baptist church in Atlanta, and we'd pass it. And my mother would say, we need to go to that church. And we'd pass it. And the next Sunday, we need to go to that church. <laughs> and I don't know how many times she said that we need to go to that church. Well, finally, she went to the Nobody was opposing her. We were just all listening, you know. But finally, she went to the church and loved it. And then she said, we're all going to this church. And then, of course, we all ended up getting filled with the Holy Spirit. But um, sometimes it just takes a while for somebody to act on that urging. And so you just keep praying for them. Amen. That the Lord would draw them. Praise God. And be patient. Amen. And uh, nothing wrong with having a small church. Nothing wrong with having a big church. We just want who God wants here. Amen. To minister to the ones that need to hear the word and be uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. So that's the attendance. And, of course, you could go all kinds of ways in prayer for that. Um, And then also, uh, you know, we would pray for our city when we would pray for the attendance because we would start watching over our city and praying and um, believing God for uh You know, we were in Panama City at that time, and I remember uh, the name for Panama City was the Miracle Strip. That's what they used to call it. Just the secular world would call it the Miracle Strip. 
So we started calling it that. I thought, well, we can call it the Miracle Strip. We're going to have miracles all over this beach, you know. And and uh, it's you know it was just amazing the the miracles that we saw happen one after another because we were watching over our city and praying. All right, number two, praise and worship. And we won't spend a lot of time on each one of these like I did that one. So we're not going to be here all night. But <laughs> Praise and worship. Psalm 150 talks about all the instruments. I mean, I would love, I know we have a smaller stage, but we could enlarge it. I mean, we're not stuck with whatever. We could have lots of instruments. Amen. Lots of singers. Amen. And so that God would add uh, whom he wants to to fill up more and sing. And I'd love to have a harp up here. I've always wanted a harp in my church. Since I went to Mount Perrin, they had a harp. So I thought, we could have a harp, right? Amen? Well, that's not popular. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what's popular or not. I like a harp. I think it's gorgeous. So um, believe God for, um, you know, whom God could send to do music and enhance the music and uh, just... Add to what we have. Praise God. God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22.3. Now, um, the third thing we would pray for is the move of the Spirit. And it's so important to allow God to move by his Spirit and to take time and yield ourselves to that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you will always have one of the nine gifts of the Spirit in in a meeting necessarily i don't know i think that they, it probably happens more than we know even through the preaching you know the inspired utterance many times i think pastor david has a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge in his teaching and preaching i think he has prophecy also you know inspired utterance and things that touches people's hearts i know he does because you know we've all been touched by that you know you've heard that somebody, a pastor, would read your mail. You've heard that before? Like they opened your mail at home and read everything because they preach so much, so close to home, that it touched your life so. And that's the way it should be. So when we pray for the move of the Spirit, it's not necessarily just jumping and running around the church and dancing, which I'm all for that. I love that kind of meeting. I mean, it's wonderful. Um, However, that's not necessarily... Every time the move of the spirit, it could be just in the ministry, in the in the preaching or or even in the song service and singing. And and, um, I'm reminded of a time in our church years and years ago that um, the pastor was uh, preaching and, and was preaching about things that he had done in the past that he was ashamed of and how God can forgive and, you know, bless you and restore that and kind of get it out of your memory. And and so he went into this kind of rabbit trail about this little girl that uh, he and his, he, when he and his friends were young, this little girl was one of their sisters, a little sister. And, of course, they had a little gang, you know, how boys will have a little gang. And she wanted in the gang. She wanted to be part of the gang. Well, they were so cruel and probably just ignorant little boys, maybe not, I don't know. But they said, well, if you sit in that ant pile, we'll let you in the game. Well, of course, you know, ants went all over her. Her family had to rush her to the hospital. It was a horrible thing. And he was just saying how horrible he felt 
still as a grown man about doing that to that little girl and how much he would wish that he could apologize to her. And, you know, he went on and on about that. Well, after the service was over, now this is a church in Panama City Beach. There's a lot of tourists. This woman comes up to him and she was that little girl. She was in the service, had come not knowing that he was the pastor, just staying at the beach on vacation, came to the church, and he had the opportunity to apologize to her. So that's the, the kind of moving of the spirit that is so beautiful in ministry because God can do things that we have nothing to do with, you know, I mean, nothing to do with. And bring things together like that. So when we're praying for the move of the Spirit, we want the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do. To say what He wants to say. Amen? And of course we want decency and an order. Everything needs to be that way. But it doesn't, like Brother Higgins used to say, it doesn't have to be the order of a graveyard. You know, <laughs> There can be life in the move of the Spirit. And, um, you know, we were in a service not too long ago. And there was kind of a quiet moment where uh, the Spirit of God was moving and, oh, there was such an unction for tongues and interpretation. But the the particular ministry, you know, you knew was not open to that. And it's such a shame because used to, if you ever went to a Pentecostal church, a Church of God, Assembly of God, maybe even Word of Faith, people gave a tongue just about every service. And interpretation, it wasn't always from the pulpit either. You know, and it was beautiful. But um, nowadays, I think that we we don't really give that time or or maybe even allow the spirit of God to do this sort of thing. So we need to be aware of that. Amen. And uh, read first Corinthians 12 and first Corinthians uh, 14 about yielding to the spirit and the nine gifts of the spirit. We won't go into all those, but those are good scriptures to pray about the move of the spirit Four is the offering. The tithes and the offerings. And it's good to pray uh, for the church for a full supply. The devil doesn't want the church supplied. Not at all. Because he knows how powerful it is if a church has a lot of money and has a lot of help with people serving in the church. It grows exponentially when you have money and when you have people that are serving. It's just amazing. So uh, those two things he doesn't want. And we do have to pray and stand on the word for financial blessings in the local church. Uh, I've told this before, but a pastor's wife, friend of mine from Panama City, she said, Scarlett, this lady came up to me and said, why do y'all take up offerings? I thought the government supported the church. And I thought, she said, I can't believe that somebody would even think that. But, you know, some people, maybe they're younger and they get government assistance and this, that, and the other, and they think the church gets it. And so, thank God we don't, because we don't want that. Amen? comes with control and regulations, and I don't even know if they'd let you teach the Bible anymore if that was so. But, praise God, it comes from uh, people who are giving and tithing. That's where the support comes from, to pay for everything that needs to be paid for, and to reach out to the world. Praise God. So, um, in order for that to happen... We need to pray for the offerings, for the tithes and the offerings that people would give generously and give uh, liberally and that uh, they wouldn't, you know, 
uh, th- that they would see the vision and see and understand that is good to give to God, that it goes beyond even the veil of this world, and Jesus receives the tithes and the offerings. It's really a, a, an amazing covenant when you uh, get in covenant with God financially. Um, you can't go wrong. And then also uh, to pray in with that the prosperity of the people, to pray for God's people to prosper and to uh, increase and for unexpected, wonderful things to happen in their lives beyond their experience or beyond their education, just for the favor of God to show up in their lives. And I pray for favor daily for y'all, favor with God and favor with man. So that people just, because, you know, people can change things so fast. Um, uh, Prices and things. I was somewhere the other day. I was trying to mail. Oh, I know what it was. I was mailing Shannon's videotape of my mother's funeral to the church up there so they could uh, put it in the sound system and make sure everything was okay before her funeral. And um, the lady said, it's going to be $75. And I thought, $75? You know, it's a USB, like this big. And I said, this is, you know, for my mother's funeral. And she goes, okay. And so she said, well, I might, I might could do it for 45 And I thought, well, that's better, but still, you know. And so before it was all over, I mean, I didn't beg her or say anything. I just, you know, thought, Jesus. And so... um before it was all over, I think it was like $30 or something, which is better than 75 <laughs> But it's amazing the favor of God. If you just claim favor with people, how their decisions, they can make decisions that make such a difference in your financial life. Amen? And uh, God can turn things around with you just expecting the favor of God and um, for the Lord to work on your behalf. So um, offerings, uh, not only do you pray for the the church to have every supply it needs, but you pray for the people to have every supply they want and have, and that God gives them richly all things to enjoy. Amen. He wants to bless you, and he wants you to have what you desire. Um, Five is the message, of course, um, and praying for the sermon. And in that, we pray, of course, for our pastor. Um, and I, I do want to mention just some pastoral advice here is when you're praying for the pastor, especially if you're leading a prayer meeting, you want to be very discreet. Because I have heard people pray just unbridled things about their pastor in front of other people. And I'm thinking, that's gossip or that's that's even maybe a little bit of witchcraft because you start praying once again, your will, what you want. I want him to preach on this and he always preaches on this or he, you know, or this. I don't want him to say this anymore. I want him to say this. We better really watch because God is the one who gives the utterance to the under shepherd. You know, Jesus is the shepherd, but then we have an under shepherd. And he is responsible for um, for the message and for the sermon. We're not. He is. And he will have to give an account to the Lord. Um, so what we can do then is just pray, God, have your way with him. Have your will. And may he have utterance in the Holy Ghost and speak as of the oracles of God. 
And these are scriptures, you know, Colossians 4, 3, Ephesians 19, 20. Paul said, please pray for me that I would speak the word boldly as I ought to speak. Um, and First uh, Peter 4, 11, speak as of the oracles of God and uh, with the grace, the ability that God gives. So in praying for your pastor or even leading a prayer meeting, just remember to be uh, not not to uh, bring up anything that would bring a shadow on him or some kind of, uh, uh, you know, gossip and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I, I just think it's when I saw <laughs> in Panama City, I saw a, a sign on a church that said, please pray for our pastor that he will study more. And I thought, I can't believe they put that on the marquee. <laughs> How disrespectful is that? I mean, I just couldn't even believe it. I thought it was a joke at first, you know. And I thought, how could people be that like that, you know. And um, just ask the Lord, if you think he's not studying enough, which really isn't anybody's business, but um, just pray for him, you know, pray for him. And the Lord will direct his heart. Amen. And get the information, whatever he needs done. Um, and uh, I believe that that's probably enough said about that. But the message, that the message would come out just like the Lord needs it to. Because God knows who's listening. I know y'all are listening tonight, but I don't know who all on live stream is listening. So there's things that I might not have planned to say that come up, you know, and minister to some people. There might be something that even I don't know about the ones here tonight that need a word from God or need something in their life. And the Lord will do that for you uh, during the message. And that's why it's so important not to miss church, because that message could be just what you need to get you through a horrible battle or over a mountain or through, you know, a valley or wherever you are. That message could be the one. And it's so important to be present and hear what the pastor's saying. I remember pastoring many years and hearing, you know, people that wouldn't come to church, maybe every blue moon they would come, but they would call and want counseling. <laughs> I want counsel with the pastor. And so we, we made a rule. If you come three, three times in a row to church, then we'll meet with you and counsel with you. But we're not going to do it until you come to three services in a row. And usually by the third service, they didn't need counseling anymore. The Spirit of God had spoken to them exactly what they needed to do through through the music, through the message, through the altar call, whichever way. Amen. It's almost like when you go to school, you don't have to make up your work. You know, when you're at school, you do your work. And at uh, same thing with church, God meets your needs here during the services. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be any counseling. We we believe in that. But I'm telling you that God really can do amazing things in a church service. All right. Number six, the altar call. So we pray for the altar call. We pray that people would be saved, that they would hear and be healed, that they would be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Um, and any other needs they have. And uh, we we saw wonderful things happen in the altar calls. Amazing, amazing things. I remember one time we gave an altar call, call and this 
woman came from way over that side and came down and here. And then a man came from this side, way over there, came down. And they started hugging. They did not know that each other was at the church at the same time. And they were brother and sister. Brother and sister. And they both got saved and later got filled with the Holy Ghost. We're in our church for years and serve God. Isn't that amazing? Beautiful story. So, you know, you just never know what all's going on and what God has in his will. But um, pray for the altar call. Amen. And then the last one, seven, is we pray for unity. And this is a really, really important prayer because the devil comes to divide. He wants churches to divide. And we all probably have experienced that in some sort of way where people have either tried to bring division or they have succeeded in dividing uh, a church. Um, I remember a story a pastor told me that the church split because half of them didn't want padded choir chairs and half of them did want padded choir chairs. So the church split over it. Now, that's a sad deal, isn't it? But, you know, I was reading not too long ago that the biggest quarrel in churches nowadays is coffee. What coffee brand they're going to drink? Because, you know, everybody's drinking coffee everywhere. And that's a big, big quarrel in churches. So, you know, come on. Make your coffee at home, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Unity of the Spirit. And there are a lot of personalities. There's a lot of different perspectives of different backgrounds, different religions that maybe have come together, you know. And so there's going to be different ideas and there's going to be different opinions and perspectives. So the Bible says, endeavoring in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, that's going to take some effort. It's an endeavor. Amen. We have to forgive one another. We have to forget what they said about us 10 years ago or what they didn't do or did do. or whatever. We have to uh, uh, walk in God's peace and to bless people even when they might say things against us. So it really is a lesson in forgiveness. But we can pray that. That people will forgive one another. The Bible says, "Be tender-hearted, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another." Um, and then, of course, Galatians five talks about the fruit of the spirit and how we are to walk in the spirit by walking in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness. That's a good one. Meekness. It's not weakness. It's just being teachable, being uh, able to learn and grow. Meekness and temperance, self-control. Uh, a pastor friend of mine said, the Lord told him, I would appreciate if you would stop trying to control everybody else and just control yourself. <laughs> self-control, temperance. So many times if we get out there pointing the finger at people, It's something going on with us that we need to examine and let the Lord work in us those fruits that we already have available. They're there, but we just need to let the Lord work in in us. Um, And I'll close with this. My dad 
He loved to jog and exercise and eat nutritious food. He was a big advocate of, you know, all the health books and nutrition diet. And, of course, he jogged and worked out even, you know, up until when he died. He died uh, tragically. He was killed by a drunk driver. But um, he was in very good shape, very good condition. So uh, he, we were in Atlanta going to a Braves football game, uh, baseball game, Braves baseball game, and he got lost. It's very easy at that time to get lost in Atlanta. They've they've since changed the stadium to another part of town, but back then it was uh, harder to get around. And um, he, we were almost going to be late, and he was not happy. <laughs> so he said, "Where's my fruit? Where's my fruit?" And I thought, you know, he was all had, always had an apple or a banana or nuts with him because of his diet. <laughs> Where's my fruit? Where's my fruit? And he, he reached in his pocket and he pulled out this list and he said, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, <laughs> gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. And I thought, oh, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> so he's basically going to lose his patience with the, with the traffic and getting lost. Amen. So it just reminds us, sometimes we have to put it in our pocket, carry it around with us. And when we get cut off in traffic or whatever, get that list out. (laughs) And uh, just become, the the more you meditate and you see that list and you see who you are in Christ, the easier it is to act that way. You know, it becomes uh, more of a habit. So um, I, I admonish you to do whatever you have to do, but... Be a person of love and forgiveness. And as we pray for unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, I believe that we'll have healthy churches where we love one another, truly love one another. Even if we have total different opinions or, or, or perspectives or maybe even political views or whatever, but that we can love one another because of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, these are seven areas. I hope this has helped you. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for our local churches. We thank you for Grace Harvest. And we thank you, Lord, for all these areas that we've been praying that uh, we'll see the results. And we'll see uh, many, many wonderful, wonderful services and your hand, your mighty hand at work. We thank you for it. And those watching on live stream, we pray for their local churches. We thank you, Lord, that you'll bless them and help them and bless their pastors, bless their staff. Um, May they grow and may they uh, be financially blessed in every way. We thank you for it, Lord. And we pray for all the churches that they would dwell together in the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace that Schism and division would not be named among them and among us in Jesus' name. We bind strife. We cast it out. And we thank you, Lord, that we submit ourselves one to another, that we prefer one another, and that we are like you, Father, that you are uh, unconditional love and that we can have your love for others so that we can love them unconditionally. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You're dismissed.